Okay, we're ready to begin this week's Parsha, Parsha's Nosoi. Uh, in the Vahair of Noah, he has an interesting question in the beginning in the Parsha. He says there was a scary question that came to the rabbis of Halacha that happened at the time of the Holocaust. One day, the Nazis... Uh, may their name be erased, got together a group of children, Jewish children, in order to see, to, in order to make a selection. To make a selection who's going to work in the factories, whatever they were producing in the factories, and the others, they're going to take them to, uh, to execution. So the selection was done by a doctor whom they called the doctor. The doctor came into their barracks in the middle of the night while the children were sleeping. And he would check them by looking, by observing, by uh, evaluating each child as they slept, which one would go where. In order that in the morning, the selectors, the soldiers, can come in and they can pick whichever, the child that's going to go to the, chamber, to the gas chamber and the child that's going to work in the factory. So, what did the doctor do in order to signify on each child which one goes where? So, it says that the doctor took off the yamaka, the keeper of the ones that were going to go to the, to the oven. Against you, wherever they were gone. So that when they wake up in the morning, the ones that were uh, without the yarmulke would be round, round up and sent to the, to the fire. Okay, and that's what he did. That's, what, that's how they selected the, uh, the children. So in the middle of the night, one of the children, Ruvain, um, one of the children that was there, he got up to use the bathroom. And he wanted to say the bracha of Ashiyotzer, the bracha that we say uh, after, the blessing that we say after going to the bathroom of Ashiyotzer. And he realized that he didn't have his yarmulke. So he usually makes his, uh, the bracha with the yarmulke on. And he knows, the child knows from, from, from his home, that one does not make a bracha when the yarmulke is not on. So he didn't know what to do, how to say the bracha. As he was looking for his yarmulke, he couldn't find it. And he, of course he did not know that the reason why he was missing his yarmulke was because the doctor had removed it. So because he was selected. Finally he gave up and realized he's not going to find the yarmulke. He didn't know where it was. It was dark. Couldn't find it. So he decided what he's going to do is is he's going to take it from his friend Shimon. He saw that Shimon was wearing his yarmulke. Now, he said, listen, Shimon is asleep, and he's covered with his blanket, whatever he was covered with, and it's above, it's on his head. Therefore, for a few seconds, he could take his yarmulke while he says the bracha of Ashiyotza. So what he did was, is he borrowed his yarmulke to say the bracha for a few, for a few seconds. Anyway, the, anyway uh, Shimon's uh, head would be covered by the blanket. So that's what he did. That was the plan. So Ruvain got and took the yarmulke from Shimon to go to the bathroom. However, when he returned back from the bathroom, he forgot. He, he fell asleep. He was so tired that uh, he fell asleep. So weak, he fell into his bed. And um, forgot to put the yarmulke back on Shimon's head. Came the morning. 
came the uh, cursed uh, Nazis and sent all of the children that didn't have the yarmulkes on into to be executed. And Shimon was included. In the morning, Ruvain found out the whole plan and realized that to his horror that he was the one who was slated to die and he caused Shimon to die instead of him and he lived because he's the one who had the yarmulke and Shimon didn't have the yarmulke so you can imagine uh, that he was extremely worried about this and he was really uh, upset that, uh, that this happened that he took the yarmulke from Shimon, and that Shimon died because of him. All his life, the rest of his life, he felt guilty, felt uh, depressed, that perhaps maybe he did something wrong, that he, you know, he's the one who caused the uh, Shimon to die. So when he was Zaycha to escape from the camps, he came to the Chachamim, he came to the rabbis, and he asked them a shayla. He told them the story of what happened. And he asked them whether or not he is at fault and whether he needs kapara. That was the shayla. Whether he needs atonement or not. That was the question. So, this question came to Rabbi Yitzhak Zilberstein. And Rabbi Yitzhak Zilberstein says, wants to say that Ruvain did not do anything wrong. Ruven is the one who took the Yamaka. Because he didn't have any intention to harm Shimon, he didn't even know that Shimon would be harmed by his actions. What did he do already? And for sure, he, it was accidental. I mean, he fell asleep, he would have returned the Yamaka, but he was so tired, you can imagine he was tired because it was in the middle of the night. And he was tired because he probably wasn't in the best of health. And he was tired because he probably didn't have the greatest day. And so, you know, it wasn't accidental that he fell asleep without putting the yarmulke on. Therefore, it's not his fault. He, didn't, he wasn't of clear of mind even when he did the action. And he didn't have any intention to do the action. So therefore, he didn't do anything wrong. Therefore, he doesn't even need to do atonement because he's not responsible for Shimon's death. However, we find already a similar case. We already find a similar case before that this was asked, a similar type of question was asked to the Noida Behuda. The Noida Behuda is found in Madura in the, in the first volume, the uh, Madura Kama, in Orachayim number 34. The, uh, the Noida Behuda was asked the same, basically the same type of question. We see there's nuances we'll see that there are nuances in, in the difference of how the events go down. So, the way that it happened in the Neu Behuda's time was, is, of course, this was before the Holocaust, um, a fellow came to him and asked him a question that there was an old man who wanted to take some of his goods. He was a salesman. This fellow, let's call him Ruvain also. Ruvain was a salesman, and Shimon, who was an older person, wanted to take his wares to the marketplace and sell them to make profit and he would give him the percentage of the sale. This is what happened, right? Ruven had schayra, Ruven had business, Ruven had uh, inventory. Shimon wanted to take the inventory to the marketplace and sell it and uh, give, take a percentage for the sales. However, the wife of the older man said that she, she, she shouldn't give him any, he shouldn't give him any of the inventory because he's an old man and he's weak and, and, the, and the roads in those days, the roads this is in the 1800s the roads were very uh, rough. rough not only rough but also with people they're rough with people besides the fact that there were caravans and you had to travel with the whole group and on, uh, whatever uh, right? but there's also robbers on the road not as much police and not as much uh, it was Hefker, it was a, the wild, literally the wild uh, west. Mm-hmm. So she said, she doesn't want, it, she doesn't want, Shimon's wife said that to Ruven that Ruven shouldn't give business to Shimon because, because Shimon is never going to make it. 
However, Shimon, the old man, insisted, and he asked Ruvain to give him the business, and because he insisted, Ruvain reneged, gave him the business, the old man went to, the old man Shimon went to sell the schayra, to sell the inventory, and what happened? The wife was right, he never came back again. He was, uh, he died, he was, he was killed by the marauders on the, on, on the, on the way. So the Ruvain came to the, to, to the Rav, who on, uh, on his behalf is asking the Nodeb Yehuda, wants to know if he's responsible for Shimon's death. Because the wife said not to give it to him, he gave it to him, and now look what happened, now that he gave him the inventory, he died. Is he responsible? Similar type of question, see? So what was the Noida Behuda's answer? So the Noida Behuda says that the source for this halacha is the Rabbeinu Yerucham, the Ma'ariv. It's already a dispute. The Rabbeinu Yerucham and the Tzemach Tzedek uh, disagrees. And the Tzemach Tzedek wants to say like this. It depends on whether or not Shimon the old man is getting paid. Is Shimon the old man getting paid or not? Right, so if he so if he's getting paid, then uh, there's less culpability, or more. He doesn't quote him exactly. He says, but even though even though that's the case, he says he doesn't want to argue with the rabbinic Yerucham, and he should fast for forty days. The responsible party, quote unquote, responsible party, should fast for forty days. Is that an Allah or a binding? Don't know. He doesn't. I, I didn't and see the the, the, like, like, uh, the I only see the like Nodebiud. The Muslims do fast during the day and eat at night. I mean, could nobody confess? Right, right. It means it means fast for. Well, it, I don't know if he told them fast forty days in a row even. Oh, oh, it's oh, the oh, fast oh, for forty oh, days. Oh, oh, oh okay. Says right. I say that in our case, which is the business case, it is, it, it's a, it's a, there is a distinction. What's the distinction? And that is, is that Ruvain, the one with the inventory, never approached Shimon to go and sell wares for him in the marketplace. Rather, Shimon approached him. Shimon said, I'll go and I'll sell the goods. And why did Shimon want to do this? Because he wanted to make a business. He wanted to make money. So therefore, why should, why should Ruvain be responsible? Ruvain didn't, didn't send him. Ruvain didn't pay him to go. Ruvain didn't make him a messenger. Shimon didn't work for Ruvain. Ruvain is the one who insisted. Ruvain is the one who wanted to... Shimon, uh, Ruvain is... Sorry. Shimon is the one who insisted. Shimon wanted Ruvain to give him a chance. Says the Nodebiudah, this is my Simbachol Yoim. This happens all the time. Uh, every single day they said, this is how business works, is the Buddha. A guy takes inventory in stock uh, on credit from this one or the other one. He goes to a marketplace. Right now, we, in our case, we have a cyber marketplace. So we have whatever, uh, we have a storefront. In those days, they went to the, to the shuk, to the, to the marketplace themselves. You take the, you take the thing. And it's your responsibility that if something happens to you, or something happens to the inventory, so you pay. You take responsibility. So therefore, says the... Therefore, says the Noida Behuda, why should Shimon be uh, responsible? We don't have to discuss it. So why should Ruven be responsible for Shimon's death? We don't even have to discuss this. This doesn't even need... Says the Noida Behuda, this doesn't need a source even. This is obvious. In, the, in my case. It's obvious in my case. It's not necessary. Even though this is the truth, I'm still going to bring a proof that's going to be clear that Ruben is completely not responsible for Shimon's, for Shimon's demise. What's the proof? So he says like this. There is a Gemara, which I failed to take on. Hopefully we have any on the shelf. Yes, we do. There is a Gemara in Sanhedrin on uh, page 95a, where there's a conversation that takes place between the Rabboni Shalem, the creator of the universe, and David HaMelech, and King David. And so, the Rabboni Shalem says to King David, he says like this, he says to him, I'm like, the Gemara is here, 
um, analyzing a pasuk in Shmuel, Shmuel uh, Beis, in Shmuel number two, tw- uh, 21. How long are you going to keep the infraction, your sin? How long is it going to be until we, we get rid of it, the sin that you sinned? What was the sin? Through you, the city of Noiv got killed. The whole city of the city of Noiv of all of the Kohanim got killed because of you, David. Because of you, David, the whole city of Noivir Akoinim got killed. Rashi explains, what does it mean? What's Noivir Akoinim? What does it mean that they got killed? So he say, Rashi says here. Uh, well, he explains the second part. What happened was is that David Amelech was running away from Shaul. He was running away from Shaul, and Shaul was chasing him. He wanted to, wanted to kill him, capture him, whatever. David ran to the city called Nov, which is the city of Kahanim, and they harbored him. Now there was a person there by the name of Doegadaimi who went and told Shoal that he was there. So what happened? Uh, Shoal found out, and he came to the city. And then he ordered that, Shoal ordered that, Doeg, that the whole city should be killed. All the Noivirakonim, all the men, women, and children, everybody. Including, and, and Doeg should do it. Because he's the one who uh, came up with the news. And so the Gemara says here, like this, you, you, you're responsible because you, you went to this city to hide. Also, got, uh, because of you, he uh, lost his stature because he committed murder and he said, Lashon Hara. Rashi says, he said, Lashon Hara, on David, to show. But that's David's fault if, if somebody uses their own free will. So, uh, is that David's fault? Is that know, David's fault? David's a normal person, or David's a David. Is that David's fault? No. She he sold Ashen on David because Shaw was 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 uh, was uh, jealous of him, and because Achimelech, which was the head of the city of the Ira Akoinim, received David in Nov. So therefore, Shaul said that everybody should be killed. Therefore, David, your responsibility that they got killed. And furthermore, this precipitated the situation that Shaul was out of control and Shaul got killed himself and his three children. And said, Hashem says that because it's all your fault. It's all your fault, David. How long are we going to be with this Aveda? So he gave him a choice, which we're not going to get into, but Hashem gave him a choice. You want that I should kill out your, your, your progeny, or I should kill you? Which one do you pick? You'll be handed in the hands of your enemies, or your progeny will be killed. Which one do you want? The, your children. Right? So that's a separate discussion, whatever Davra Melech picked, however the whole story wound up, whatever. But you see that Hashem says it's your fault and your responsibility that these people got killed because you went there you should, I guess the claim is is that David Amalek should have never gone to the city because he would have known that this was going to be the result that if anybody finds out that all the people would be in danger because they, because Shaul would uh, hold them um, responsible for is, rebellion against the king is this Midrashik or is this actually we didn't get to Halach yet we didn't get to the halacha yet, and we already said the halacha, except that the Nebuchadnezzar wants to use this Gemara to prove, prove the halacha that he said. Even though he holds, he doesn't need a proof, like we said before. Because again, Shimon is the one who wanted the business. Ruvain didn't send him. Okay, what's the, let's see the parallel. I don't see the Wait, there's more. There's more. This is not the Gemara. But if I you, see the, the parallel between the uh, you, you, Right, you don't see because he didn't, right, because right. We, didn't, we didn't finish yet. Okay. Now, 
asks the Noidib Yehuda, good. So now we got David, he's responsible for Noidib Yehuda, he's responsible for Shaul and his children, he's responsible for Noidib Yehuda, good. So now says the, says the, um, says the Noidib Yehuda, how come the Gemara doesn't mention Avner? Was he involved? What happened to Avner? Avner was, Avner was the general of Shaul's, right, son, because when the when the kingdom split, now Avner got mad at him and uh, seceded, ab- abrogated his uh, position as the general, and went to David Amelach. And he got so mad, he wanted to unify the kingdom under David Amelach and forget Shaul's uh, progeny at all, and have the the, children, the the kingdom of Shaul completely wiped out. Whatever it is, he got mad at him because he because. Uh, um, Shoals, I think it was Shoals' son, accused him of having relations with his wife. Whatever it was, he was very upset. Uh, he was very upset, so he decided that he's going to go to David's side and he's going to unify the kingdom. And that's what he did. The problem is, is that when he did it, he got killed in the process. Okay? So... David was okay with this. David was okay with this. David said to him, go ahead, you want to unify the kingdom? No problem for me. Go and do it. Before he had the chance to leave the city of Hebron, which he left from, uh, he got killed. Now, David HaMelech is the one who's responsible for this because David HaMelech is the one well, who, who gave him the blessing to continue, the, to continue it. Right? So, so, this is what happened. Why the Avner got killed because of this? David sent him out to go and unify the kingdom which was split, to make a covenant with everybody, that he should have one king. And there, before he got started on the whole matter, he got killed. Ask the Nabi Huda, why doesn't the Gemara count that to be David's responsibility? Doig, Doimi, Shol, and his children, yeah, and Noevi Rakoinim, all of these three things, good, that's David's responsibility. Hashem is saying to him, what's going to be? But why not Avner? Why isn't Avner also responsible? He's like Shimon, he offered to do it. Oh, so says the Nabi rather, we'll have to say, David of Melech is not the one who approached Avner to unify the kingdom. Right? What we have to say, Avner came, and Avner was in Avner's self-interest, because Avner, first of all, was mad at, uh, what's his name? Shaul. Not Shaul, Shaul's son. No, no Shaul was dead. Oh, Shaul's son. Right? Oh, Shaul is dead now? When did, yeah. when did this happen? This was already after Shaul was, this was already after Shaul so was, was killed. This is later, this is already later. This is already later. So, so he said to him, right? He said, he said to him, Ish Boishas, this was from Ish Boishas. He wanted revenge on the accusation that he was having relations with his... Ish Boishas was, uh, was the direct descendant of Shaul, who was taking over the kingdom. There was a split and in the kingdom. He's the one who accused Avner? He's the one who accused Avner. Okay. So, so, so he wanted to take revenge on him. Correct? Mm-hmm. Therefore, David is not responsible. That's why the Gemara doesn't count David. He's a, because he's the one... He, he, David didn't he call him out, around. send him. By the, way, uh, by the way, Avner was killed by David's own general. It was kill, he was killed by Avisha. Why? Because he said, what are you making a covenant? He said to David... Um, the, uh, David's general said to David, what are you making a covenant with the enemy for? And he went and he killed him in the process. Which wasn't, David didn't uh, agree to that. But uh, he was responsible for, for letting him go. So you see from here that what? That, that, that David is not responsible for Avner's death who initiated whatever he was going to do, unify the kingdom by himself. 
Therefore, we have a mamish, a proof. This is exactly the same case as Reuven and Shimon, says in the Yehudah. This is the exact same case as Reuven and Shimon. Shimon is the one who initiated the contact with Reuven. Shimon is the one who wanted the business. Reuven never called him. Reuven didn't want to send him. He was only convinced by Shimon. So therefore, why should Reuven be responsible? So says the Nodebi the Reuven is not re- So therefore, I paskin, he says, that Reuven is not responsible for Shimon's death. However, since the Rav in his shul, the Rav of, uh, the rabbi of uh, Reuven's shul, says that Ruvain does have to do tshuva because there is some measure of responsibility. And I don't want to disregard this, the, the rabbi of Ruvain Shul's uh, decision. Therefore, I'll renege and say that he has to fast three days. Monday, Thursday, Monday. Bahab. Instead and that's 40. it. What? Instead of 40. The not forty. Fasting is not a normal payment uh, for when you do something wrong. Yeah, I mean, he, what are you gonna, yeah. and he says, "V'im return a litanei zomaton a erek toif toif davar toif yase." If the if Ruvain wants to give a gift to the yisoyimim to the uh, to the orphans of Shimon, then davar toif yase. Then he'll be doing a nice thing. He's not telling him he has to do it, but if he does that, there'll be a nice thing to do. Anyway, that's the Noidabihuda. That's the response of the Noidabihuda. So, how about our case? What about our case with Reuven and Shimon, the, the kids in the Holocaust? Is it applicable to our case or not? Is, is, is Reuven responsible for Shimon dying? We'll have to say that the Noidabihuda's conclusion is, is says that Reuven is responsible, correct? He has at least fast three days, even yeah, though, even though, what? Wait, wait. Let's let's just let's just, let's just say let's just say the exact let's just say the, our, the analogy. So says Rabbi Ruvain is not responsible for Shimon's death, right? The same way that David is not responsible for Abner's death. Yeah. Why? Because they didn't initiate whatever the process that took place uh, for them to die. Why? Because the, the, the reason why they didn't initiate first of all they didn't initiate the process. Second of all, they didn't have intention to hurt them. There's no intention to hurt them. Therefore, we'll say that Ruvain, the child in the Holocaust, didn't have re- intention to hurt Shimon. He didn't even know Shimon would get hurt. Still, the Noyed Yehuda says that even though there's no intention to hurt, and even though you don't initiate the process, still, still, Ruvain is responsible. He has to fast three days. He doesn't want to be Muvatal. He doesn't want to... Uh, he doesn't want to... Uh, Nullify the words of the Rav of that city. Maybe if the Rav, maybe if, maybe maybe the Noidabihuda will say that if the, the Rav of the, I mean, I don't know if he's holding of the Rav of the city for the uh, uh, for Ruve, for Ruvain to honor him, or that's what he agrees to. It sounds like Rabbi Zolberstein understands that the Noidabihuda understands that there should be some ato- measure of atonement. Therefore, we'll have to say that perhaps maybe Ruvain is responsible for some measure of atonement. How do you take a conversation that, uh, between Hashem and David Amalek as a sign of the regular Allah? Again, one more time. He is saying that I don't need that conversation. He's saying, he, uh, the, the way that he starts to respond, the way that he responds that starts the tshuva is he says, you don't need a conversation for this. This is obvious. That if Ruvain does not initiate the relationship, Ruvain is not responsible to what happens to Shimon. This is obvious. But if you want... I'll bring you but a proof. It sounds like he, he doesn't. He doesn't sound like between the two situations because in the in the situation with Dovin, where he went to the city of No, he was responsible because he initiated the situation by going there. Listen, we don't have to agree. We don't have no, to agree he with. He initiated the problem. He initiated the danger to the people. Whereas in the the, the situation with Abner, he did not in, in, initiate. Yeah, it's a clear proof. David Amelach caused. He should have been. He should have understood, David Amelach should have understood that he was a fugitive. And he should have understood that, that Shoal had the power to kill anybody who was a fugitive. And Shoal also held that David's actions were rebellion against the right. kingdom of Israel. And Shoal was appointed by Shmuel Hanabi right. to be the king. Therefore, David should have been sensitive to the fact that if anybody is responsible for harboring him, then they would, you know, they would suffer the consequences. 
and which they did. Maybe not. Maybe not, but he was David Amel, so it doesn't matter. Maybe not, but uh, that's a different level. That's a different level of, uh, you know, Ruvain, after Shimon's wife told Ruvain that he's going to die, he's not going to make it, right, then maybe Ruvain should have been responsible not to give him the business, to go sell in the marketplace. Whatever it is, we don't have to agree with Rabbi Zygzobishtayn. We can, I mean, you know, he's a formidable Tamar uh, Chacham, he's a formidable Tamar scholar, it's probably maybe dangerous to disagree with him. But it does sound like from the Noid of Yehuda that he's only capitulating to the Rav because he's the Rav, Ruvain's Rav. Otherwise, it seems like he will not hold that there is any culpability because there was no initiation from the, from the deceased. But it also has to do when, a, when you go to a Rav, the Rav is listening to what you need. Right. Within Halacha. Right. But, and so if that person needed some kind of atonement, his, his Rabbi is going to give him a way to atone. Right. Now, so, so Rabbi Zizobishan wants to say, if we assume that Ruvain does need some type of atonement because he's responsible for Shimon's death. In our case of the Holocaust, we could perhaps make, make the argument that even in that case, we can have circumstances that he's not going to be responsible anyway. And he says the reason for this is like this. The reason for this is like this. Not only that Ruvain didn't do anything wrong, he wants to say, but Ruvain did everything right. Not only did Ruvain not do anything wrong, Ruvain did a mitzvah. Why? Because it says in Orachayim, uh, in the Halacha, in Simon Base, number six, uh, number um, three, it should be, not six. Um, it says like this. The Machaber says, the, the, the base, the, the, the Shulchan Aruch says, the, the code of law, Not only, uh, forget about the brachas, of course, as the Mishnah Brewer explains, a person should not say a bracha without wearing a yarmulke, right? But also, they shouldn't walk, for, uh, you know, whatever it is, five or six feet, without uh, covering their head, without a yarmulke. Because of the honor of the Divine Presence. So therefore, it's a halacha. Ruven wanted to get up from bed, and he wanted to go to the bathroom. Besides saying a bracha after going to the bathroom, besides that, Ruven would be doing a mitzvah by putting in a yarmulke to walk to the bathroom, because a person really shouldn't be walking to the bathroom. Or anywhere else without a yarmulke. We're not talking about uh, business. We're not doing, there's a whole discussion here in Halach exactly all of the circumstances. But he wants to say he did a mitzvah. Ah, you'll tell me, okay, he did a mitzvah, but he took Shimon's yarmulke. It's not his yarmulke. Can you take somebody else's yarmulke to do a mitzvah? Good, you can take your own yarmulke. Who said you could take somebody else's yarmulke to do a mitzvah? So on that, says Rabbi Zizobishtayim, we have a Mishnah Brura. The Mishnah Brura says that you can, provided you return it immediately. The Mishnah Brura is found in the beginning in Simon Aleph, number one, um, Sivkotten Base. The Mishnah, the Mishnah Brura here is discussing that it's very important to wash one's hands in the morning, uh, before they do anything, before they even walk uh, any uh, distance, they should wash their hands uh, with a cup when they wake up in the morning. Quotes the Zohar Kodesh, very scary things. <laughs> yeah, they knew about that in Lewisburg. That's why everybody had to wash their hands. You mean? Oh my gosh! Everybody had a basin and a cup right up, right beside their bed. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, I mean, whatever. We're not uh, we're not going to get into all the nitty gritty details of this halacha, but the Mishnah Brura does say what happens in the situation if a person doesn't have water, but there's somebody sleeping next to him that does have water. So what should they do? So says the Mishnah Brura. He can take it to wash their hands as long as 
they are 100% clear that they are going to return it immediately. Because if they wash their hands, they can walk to the sink, fill up the water, put it back next to their friend. That's what they should do. You see from here that to do a mitzvah, you can take somebody else's stuff. So therefore what? This person wanted to do a mitzvah. What did he want to do a mitzvah? He wanted to do a mitzvah that he should walk to the bathroom with his, with, with his, uh, covering, his yam, uh, covering his head, with the yarmulke. He wanted to say Ashiyot, he wanted to say the brachis with a yarmulke. Correct? So he was doing a mitzvah, so what did he do? He took Shimon's yarmulke, which is perfectly justified, because Shimon wouldn't know about it anyway, and Shimon, even though a person should be wearing a yarmulke when they're sleeping, Shimon was covered with a blanket over his head. There, and he was planning, so therefore what? He took the yarmulke and he went to do the mitzvah. What was he doing? He was planning to give the yarmulke back. Now that he had the yarmulke... Like the Mishnah Bruce says, you have to give it back. So good, but he, but he, but he was an Ainus. It's not that he didn't give it back on purpose. He, uh, he would have given it back. It's just that he was, fell asleep. Can't blame him for that. He tried to do what he can. Therefore, therefore, uh, not only did Ruve, is not only did Ruvain not intend to harm Shimon because how because he didn't even know that what he was doing, that Shimon would get hurt. Not only that, but also Reuven intended to do a mitzvah. And not only that, he did the right thing. He did the mitzvah. As it says in the Halacha. Therefore, says Rebetzal Zobishtein, in our case, even if we're going to learn the Neid of Yehuda, like the Rav of the city of, Ru- uh, of, of Reuven, Reuven's Rav, who says that you have to uh, fast, or uh, have atonement for, for being responsible for Shimon dying. In our case, the United Behuda will agree that Reuven for sure is not responsible at all. Dear? Now the question is, what does this have to do with our Parsha? What does this have to do with Parsha's Nosa? You think we can tie that in? You obviously think so. Well, I mean... <laughs> we, have, we have full faith. What do you say? What does it have to do with Parshish Nosoy? Does it have anything to do with Jews dying because they got counted? Maybe. Hmm. Okay. It's a good thing this isn't a two-part serial. I wouldn't be able to sleep in between. No? Alright, I'm not 100% sure. I just want to say, Uh-oh. for the record, that Rebitzik Zilberstein is right. That, that Shimon... Mr. he is right. But after reading like the Mishnah Brura in uh, Simon Bay's, I'm not sure that he's right. Because he discusses all the different cases of whether a person, you know, if a person doesn't have a yarmulke, for example, what should they do? He says, if a person doesn't have a yarmulke, they want to say a bracha on water, they can cover their head with their, with their hand, put it, over their, or put it over their head, but it's better not to do that, so that they should use their clothing. So, I mean, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe uh, they should take the, you know, their sleeve, Put it over their head to say the bracha. Maybe, maybe, who said that Ruvain, who said that Ruvain had, had the right to take Shimon's yarmulke? Maybe he would have covered himself with whatever he was wearing, or the pants that he was wearing, put something else on his head. He said he has to put on a... Well, said, was okay to right, but that's because in the case of the halachas, we got water, there is no other water. So you take the water and you return it. Uh-oh. But here we're talking about a head covering. So head covering, I mean, who said, that, who said that Ruven couldn't have been more innovative mm-hmm. in uh, finding something else? Good, so he can't put his hand over his head. That's, right. that's, so, he that's the most way that's not so good. But to Is say that... What? Why did he quote the Allah about sperm? Generally speaking, you're always allowed to borrow sperm because the assumption is people want you to use yeah, it. Yeah, I was wondering why he doesn't quote that. But, I thought that was but I'm saying, but why couldn't Ruvain take his own blanket? Him. Why couldn't Ruvain, whatever Shimon was covering his head with after he took away his yarmulke, Ruvain could have done that too. I'm not so sure that Ruvain has the right to take... I mean, did Ruvain do something know. wrong by taking Shimon's yarmulke? That but the, the, to say that he had the right to take it? They could have been sharing the blanket. You don't know. I mean, the situation over there. Right, we don't know the situation know exactly. But let's say he didn't have the right to take it. Still, I mean, the, the, even if he didn't have the right to take it, we could still say, the Neidah Behuda will say that Reuven in our case is not responsible because 
Ruvain didn't even know that uh, Ruvain, Ruvain, what did Ruvain do? He didn't, he didn't, uh, I mean, I guess he did send them the same way that Ruvain sent Shimon to, He's saying he's not responsible. It depends on the case. It depends on the case. He didn't okay. tell the soldiers to come. Right. Right. Who didn't tell the soldiers? But Ruben, who sent Shimon in with business to the marketplace, didn't tell the marauders to come and kill Shimon on his way. That's right. So he's also not responsible. He's okay, only fasting for 40 days sounds Kabbalistic. It sounds like it sounds like it's a sock to his conscience. He, he obviously came to the rabbi because he felt some kind of guilt. So right. The question is, are you guilty or not? Okay, good. Nobody's going to try you in a court of law. Uh, there's not going to be any death penalty over here because it was uh, wasn't indirect. I know my own but the question is, do you have to do tshuva on Yom Kippur? Are you responsible or not for the guy dying? That's what person they wants they to know. know. How you feel, a rabbi who, who like a community rabbi. They want to know how you feel. If you need an atonement, they will give you an atonement. Right. I mean, what is the Nodebido going to do anyway? He's going to tell him that he doesn't need an atonement, and the rabbi is going to say, I hold you right. do need an atonement. He's going to feel right. guilty anyway. Right. He has to tell him to fast. Right. He has no choice. Right. But, in the, but in our case, in our case, maybe you tell him you're not responsible anyway at all. Right? Because it sounds like the Nodebido anyway holds you're not responsible anyway at all. I mean, you know, Ruvain, we, we could say that Ruvain did initiate the whole process, as opposed to the case of the business, Ruvain did not initiate the process there. Here, the Holocaust child did initiate the process. No, he didn't. He got Shimon involved. Shimon didn't ask him. In the other case, in the case of the Noidim Yehuda, Shimon asked for the business. He didn't initiate any process. Okay, whatever it is. Does he have a right to take the yarmulke? Yes, you said halakhically, yes, he does. When he can, I guess, I guess he has the right to take the yamakul, because that's the stole best it, possible even way. Even if there wasn't a mitzvah involved, and he just stole it because he wanted it, he's not responsible for anyone's death, because he had no way of knowing that a death would be involved. Yeah, but I'm just, I'm just uh, harping on uh, Rabbi Zik Zilberstein, uh, um, f- uh, focusing on the fact that he did a mitzvah, okay? I'm not, yeah, he did, okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, clearly holds he did a mitzvah, so since yeah. he did a mitzvah, it's fine. I'm just saying that according yeah, to the Mishnah Brura here, according to the Mishnah Brura, he says, if you don't have a yarmulke, then you could put your, take your sleeve and put it over your head. So maybe the circumstances were that he couldn't do that. I don't know. So is it still a mitzvah? It's a mitzvah because his intention was to do a mitzvah. Mm, I don't know, I'm not sure about that. Okay, fine. Let's, uh, let's continue. So what does that have to do with our Pasha? So we have the Pasha of Sota. Yes? Yes. A man w- warns his wife not to seclude herself with another man, and she doesn't listen, she does it anyway. So what happens? She, uh, she, she has to go through a process to figure out whether or not she had relations with him during that seclusion. Right? So she drinks this water, as it says in the Parsha, and then if she's guilty, she dies. If she's not guilty, then she has a bracha, she has children. After that, I would want to say bye-bye to that guy. Right. <laughs> That's what always puzzled me about this I don't know. It, I, if you don't trust me, why, why would I want to be with you anymore? Now, no, she did this one thing that she... That, that, this is what the Pesach says. The Pesach says there's one thing that she did do wrong. Clearly and obviously she did do wrong. And that is, is that when he told her, don't seclude yourself, which is prohibited by halacha, with this individual, she did it anyway. Well, there was yichud. The there was yichud with witnesses. There was a seclusion. Excuse me. How could there be yichud with witnesses? Then it's not. Yichud. That's a whole discussion in the Gemara. Of course, you need witnesses. How are you going to give her this? Then water? there wasn't seclusion. How, how are you going to do? This is not Dude, for us now. Learn Masech the Saita. Learn Masech the Saita, but you they cannot. You cannot accuse her. You cannot go through this process and have the woman die. Chas v'shalom with that. Witnesses. Okay. There has oh, to be witnesses okay. here. This, we, we look after Lomis after Saito to figure this out. Okay. Anyway, now the Torah says the following enigmatic statement. The Torah says, chapter 5, verse number 31. Vinika Haishma Oven. The man will be free of sin. Vaishaihi Tisas Avon. And this woman, she will have to take the burden of her sin. Which man doesn't have a sin? The husband? The husband. Oh, okay. Rashi says, what is the Torah saying here? If the water 
checks her and finds her guilty, yeah. what, what's going to be the man? What is he going to say? After the whole thing said and done and all his anger has dissipated, he's going to worry that he's the one who caused her death. He's going to say, I'm responsible for her dying, of course. Al-Tidak. So the Torah says, Al-Yidak He shouldn't worry and say, I'm responsible for her death. The Torah here is saying, He is free from any punishment. Or, that's that's what? What? Say what? Implying that without the Torah saying so, he would not be. No, implying without the Torah saying so, he would feel like he is. Mm -hmm. Maybe he would be. Or another explanation, this is all the source of Sota 28a, another explanation is, is that when a woman has relations out of wedlock with another man, then she's prohibited to her husband, they can't have a relationship anymore, they have to get divorced. In this case, if the water finds her to be not guilty, right, then, then, she, is, then she is permissible to him. She didn't have relations, and therefore there's no, there's no prohibition, there's no, there's no sin here. Why should she? Why would she go through with it if she yeah. knew she was guilty? What? That's a good question. If she knows she's guilty, why does she go through with it? If she knows she's guilty, yeah, that's a we good hope question. she won't go through with it. Why does she just say no? She can admit if she admits it. If she admits it, then she will uh, not drink the water and she won't die. The only thing is that she will be prohibited to her husband. She'll have to get okay. divorced. So that seems reasonable. Why? Yeah. Would, I agree. Why would she go through such a thing if she knows she's guilty? Some people are stopping. Stop her. <laughs> Self-destructive. Some people. <laughs> Suicidal. Uh-huh. And what about the guy? Now, so one second. What? What about the guy in the case? The what about the guy? With? Yeah, the guy she was alone with. Well, he also, I think he also dies. It's not but a discussion. But he doesn't have this terrible uh, death that she has. He does. He dies too. Oh, he does? Okay. I think he dies too. Okay, good. Not her husband, the guy she did it. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, right. right. I'm just trying to have equality with you. <laughs> All right, that's not our discussion now. Yes, of course. So now, uh, the, the Sephorno here explains interesting. He says, Vaisha, what does it mean that the woman will carry her iniquity? He says that if she dies, well, clearly she's going to be carrying her iniquity because she's mm-hmm. dead. Mm-hmm. And if she doesn't die, then she's going to be embarrassed in the whole community because she did do something wrong. Mm-hmm. And that is, everybody will know that her husband war- warned her not to seclude herself with another man, a specific man. And there are witnesses that say that she did. That's why the whole process came about. Mm-hmm. Even though she's not guilty, she'll still carry her iniquity. Mm-hmm. But the man will be free of sin. So what does that mean, that he will be free of sin? We already said in the Rashi, that Rashi says... That if she dies, he's not responsible. Also, the Bala terms is the same, similar. He says, misa. The husband should not worry and say, I am the one who caused her death. Correct? Correct. Says the Rabbiqsa Zilberstein. Right? This is how we connect it to the Parsha. Because the connection to the Parsha is. Is the person responsible for the death of another? So, why shouldn't the husband worry that he caused her death? He did cause her death. He accused her. He warned her. He started the process by which in the end she died. Correct? He did cause her death. Why shouldn't he worry? He's responsible. If he would have kept his mouth shut, nothing would have happened. Right? So why shouldn't he worry? Says Rabbi Zilberstein, because all he did was follow the precept of the Torah. He did a mitzvah. He saw that she was secluding herself, so therefore he warned her. Probably didn't want to do it. But he was afraid that maybe she was having relations with him, and if she was having relations with him, she's prohibited to him. Therefore, he went through the process to figure out on whether or not she was. Therefore, since he was following the dictates of the Torah, and he didn't do anything wrong, even though in the end it happened, that because of his actions... And here he knew that it might come to this. She dies, he's not called responsible. The Torah says, right, that Vinika Hayishma Oven, the man will be absolved from the iniquity. He's not responsible. Says if that's if that's the truth, says Rabitzik Silberstein, so then for also we cannot blame our Ruvain here in the Holocaust. 
because our Ruvain here in the Holocaust, even though his actions were, uh, he initiated his actions by which in the end Shimon died, even though it was without intention, but since he was doing the mitzvah, he was doing what it says in the halacha, one is permissible, permitted to do, in order to, uh, what one is supposed to do, in order to have their head covered, in order to fulfill the mitzvah of saying a bracha after they go to the bathroom and walking to the bathroom from the bed. Therefore, since he was doing the mitzvah, even though he is responsible for Shimon's death, he's not responsible for Shimon's death because in the process of doing the mitzvah, he, he, we don't hold him culpable for that, for that, uh, for Shimon dying. Not parallel. What? They're not parallel. They're only parallel in the sense of the, of the Hanukkah issue. Not in circumstances. Yeah, they're not parallel, but they're, they're parallel in this, he's just bringing this one, one idea. Okay, and that is, is that, and that is, is that we have the responsibility. We have the responsibility to do the right thing. Now, should we worry that the res- that that if we, you know, a lot of us, can, we can see the future, like the Gemara says in Masechta's Tamid, page thirty-two. A, we can see the future. Who is wise? One who sees the future. We can see the future. That if we uh, do what we're supposed to do in the end, it's going to cause, it's going to be harmful to other people. So we might cease from doing this because uh, we don't want to cause harm to somebody else. But here, so the lesson that we're learning from the parsha is, is that that's not the case. If we're doing the right thing, then we are not causing harm to somebody else. We're fulfilling the mitzvah that we're supposed to fulfill. The harm that comes to somebody else afterwards, that's up to the Rebbe Shalom, that's not our business. And it's not our responsibility because they're the same Rebbe Shalom, the one who is causing this person to be taken away is the same one that gave us the mitzvah to do at this point in time. And therefore it is our responsibility to do the mitzvah, to do the dictates of the Torah, whatever is required of us at that moment in time. Okay? Anyway, that's this week's uh, partial. Do the right thing. Do the right thing.